Thank God for the Spirit has revealed unto us and gave us a little idea about heaven. Bible says we've said in heavenly places. Anybody said in a heavenly place? Sure you have. You ever been in the house of God or prayer room and the presence of God moves in? Man, it doesn't only make it holy ground, but it makes a, a heavenly place. We know the creator of heaven. We know the one that's went prepared a place. Coming back. We know him by his name. We know him by his spirit. We know him by his voice. We know him by his power. There's no doubt on this Wednesday night we're a blessed people with a revelation in the experiences we've had at a place just like this. On a Wednesday night just like this. All of a sudden it won't be a vision. All of a sudden it won't be a dream. All of a sudden, in the twinkle of an eye, that thing's gonna change. And we're gonna be changed and transformed. And step out of this place upon those clouds and meet the one called Jesus Christ face to face. So that makes it worth the while on these Wednesday nights to put forth the effort and the energy as I'm looking on some weary hearts and faces here tonight. But in that glorified body, you won't have to worry about it. You won't have to worry about bad backs and knees and things of that nature. Praise God. Lord bless you. you may be seated. I will keep you standing. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you. Amen. The singers and the players, the saints of God and all that are here together with us tonight. Dakota, it's good to see you. See so you're doing better. I've been praying for you. Brother Matt, Sister Jean, and the family. It's good to see Sister Linda Maxwain. God bless her tonight. God bless her. Good to see her tonight. Man, it's, them golden years sometimes bring some benefits that we would rather do without. Praise God. But yet, they're part of it. And there's not a whole lot, you know. We can do about it except endure them and tend to them the best we can. Pray over them and ask God to help us. Amen. has to, to move upon us in this hour. Well, I got a little thought tonight. Probably won't finish it all together. <laughs> I just done a lot of little scribbling around and things. and <laughs> But uh, I really felt... I, I, I believe I've tapped into something, and it's not going to be something new. It's not going to blow you away. But um, I'm still on the same focus, the same topic, basically, of, of it's a body as a church of the living God. And uh, what I'd like to talk about tonight is a simple term called grace. And... Uh, we studied out the scriptures today and, and to the, the results of grace, the power of grace, and, and the different. I was a little shocked as I began to study it out, different opinions and ideas. I do believe we're living in a generation that, is, that has corrupted grace. I believe they've used grace as a license to sin. I believe they've used grace to preach a doctrine called eternal salvation no matter what. That is not true. They're, they have actually abused the term and the purpose and the power of it. 
Because when you experience the grace of God, as the scriptures have taught us, uh, it's, it's one of the most powerful things. In fact, I'm going to tie it in and we're going to talk about mercy and grace. Not mercy tonight, but we're going to talk about grace tonight. And then maybe, maybe a couple of Wednesday, I'm not sure. But what really propped me in prayer this morning is I always start, believe it or not, after Sunday night, especially if I'm going to preach, teach Wednesday night, I start already asking God direct and asking direct. Anyway, and so in prayer this morning, I felt very strongly in the Lord to talk about grace and what this body of believers and how that we can affect our community the most, impact them. And to persuade them. To convince them. Not only that this is truth. Not only that. Um, but if somehow. They could see. The power of God's grace. As it operates in our lives. And through our lives. That even that. Is so far out children. So distance away. And seems to be so bound. But if they can begin to experience and begin to recognize, and if you and I can persuade them, if you'll just begin to experience the grace of this God and the grace that Jesus Christ has brought into us, grace and truth. This grace can deliver you from anything and from everything. It doesn't matter the depthness of the sin. It doesn't matter the stranglehold that addictions have got upon you. It don't, none of those things won't matter. Not if you ever experience this grace in its fullness. Could it be that the reason we have not experienced it as maybe in the... I'm talking in general here. I'm talking in general as far as over America. The reason that sin and the spirit of iniquity has got such a stranglehold on us is because the abuse of grace the misinformed information about it uh, and what it does that people believe that they can be saved in their sins they believe that the grace of God they, they believe that they can live uh, altered lifestyles but yet this grace will still redeem them and save them they believe that they're going to go to the same heaven we just sung about they believe that they can enter that kingdom of God and, and enjoy that, that reward. But the scripture we know is taught different. And so by the help of the Lord tonight and the Holy Ghost by all means, I want to preach. And, and I'm gonna, you're going to think it's a little strange when I take my, my text tonight. And um, words coming from Luke 16. And you don't have to stand tonight. We're just going to, we just, we just going to, it's Wednesday night, we're just going to. See what happens here, okay? Because again, you're going to think it's a little odd where I'm taking my text from tonight. Especially when I've done told you the topic, the subject. It's the subject tonight, amen. It's going to be the topic tonight, grace. But uh, uh, because, you know what? Brother Ford talking about witnessing that young man today. Somehow that young man, before he left that conversation today, could have experienced and felt the grace of God. Because even Paul, the, the apostle of, of Gentiles, the chiefest of sinners, he comes along, calls himself. And, and, uh, but he says, I am what I am by his grace. 
This grace never quits working. It's not a one-time experience. It's not, it's not just that we need it one time in our lives, and that's it. But thank God it rides with us day in and day out. It, it works with us. And it works with us as much after receiving the Holy Ghost as the time of receiving the Holy Ghost. And experiencing God and the truth of God. Amen. We can never really step around. Because if we do that, then it's our own makings. It's our own shaping and forming us. That becomes as filthy rags. That righteousness, that, that drive, that passion. That that's molding us. That that's, that's uh, shaping who, what we are. And, and so, if, if you and I really understand that it's only by His grace that I'm here tonight. It's only by His grace that I'm going to be victorious. It's only by His grace that I'm going to win this battle against sin and, and the temptation of sin. It's going to be by this grace I'm going to do that. Amen. So I'm going to cover a lot of areas, not just tonight, because that's one reason I made the statements I did. And a lot of scriptures here that told that this topic of grace, the favor of God, the unmerited favor of God. Amen. But... Uh, Sometimes this grace works in a form and in a, in a manner that you and I don't really like it. We, we don't, uh, uh, we, we, we would rather it, it would, uh, we would rather for it. Now I'm going to focus the most part of this first lesson tonight on the, the power of the grace to deliver. To bring us out. You know. Thank God we've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank God that we've been picked up out of that miry clay. Ephesians 4. This is one of the same scriptures that we've used in the very beginning of this body. Of the one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and one body. But we, we know that about the fifth verse, sixth verse, somewhere in for emphases. But it's there. Amen. It's by grace that we are saved. So it's a very powerful term. So if you go to Luke 16, it's the, it's the, the instructions of, of Jesus Christ himself. It's following a chapter that a lot of preaching has been out of in the last few months. That chapter that deals with the lost coin and the lost son. Amen. The lost sheep. And, and Jesus speaking in that particular chapter, he's actually talking to the Pharisees and scribes and, and those that felt like they didn't need a Savior. Felt like, amen, that uh, they didn't need a, they, they'd never been in bondage to man. They was a seed of Abraham. <laughs> we don't need a Savior. We don't need a physician. We're righteous. And, and that righteousness that they were claiming, amen, was, was, was not God's righteousness. It was self-made righteousness. And uh, so God is, Jesus Christ, as he responds to them in this 16th chapter now. In the first 13 verses, actually. And we're going to go through that. So I hope, you know, just stay with me. If you get a little sleepy, stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. In fact, uh, I, I read it somewhere, somewhere in the last few days. They worried about us sitting so much. It's causing disease and all this other stuff. And all this sitting around. Well, you know what? In the upper room, they quit sitting when the Holy Ghost fell. 
So praise God. If you get ready and won't need to get up, get up. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we won't do things decent order. So when you get up, I mean, don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Okay, the unjust steward. Now, this may be a little different. I don't know. We'll see. You know, uh, God's, God's. He said unto now, notice the first verse. Now he's addressing, and he said unto the disciples. Okay. Now he'd been speaking to the Pharisees and, and things. If you go back to the beginning of that chapter. Now they didn't leave. The multitude that was there was still there. The Pharisees were still here. But now he really turns his attention to the disciples. And speaking unto them. Jesus Christ. And he says there was a certain rich man. And notice how he puts these terms. Which had a steward. Man, anybody wants to be a steward? Anybody wants to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Anybody wants to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Amen. Anybody, you know, is this parable and this is what he's given us here. It's going to be to be what? Faithful. Anybody wants to be a faithful steward? Faithful with what you have. You've got to be faithful with the little before you can be faithful with the much. And so you watch what's going on here. And um, he says there was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. I don't think none of us wants to fall into that area of wasting the blessings. Now, I preached last Wednesday night. How many of you remember what I preached last Wednesday night? It's falling right in line with that. I didn't realize that. I got to studying this thing out, and all of a sudden it hit me. That one talent that you got to dig back up, that you don't throw it in the dirt. You don't have to have multiple talents, amen, to be in the kingdom and be successful and needful in the kingdom of God in Bendel, Mississippi. I know we're amazed by that today. And we, 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 we lift that up and we, we get into it. But anyway, praise God. If I got one talent, I'm not throwing it up in the napkin. I'm not throwing it in the dirt. I'm going to take that one talent by the help of God, amen. He may give me a second one. One of these nights he may move on me and I may sing in here. I, It'll be God anyway. Hallelujah. But uh, I'll be happy to perfect this one. I'll be honest with you. Called preaching the gospel. Called preaching the gospel. Because that's what's going to save us. That's what will pull them out of the dungeons. That's what will persuade them. We're begotten by the word of God. He said, he called him and said unto him, How is it that thou, that I cure this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou, for thou mayest be no longer steward. He said, I'm fixing to relieve you of your duties. I'm fixing to fire you. you you've been unfaithful. You've wasted. You had not handled it right. You haven't done right. Amen. And so I want you to give an account of yourself. Amen. Of, of what you've done, what you've allowed. And um, so what did the steward do? So the steward said within himself. Now he didn't tell the rich man. He's probably thinking this within himself. He says, well, he's fixing to do away with me. He's, fixing to, he's, fixing to, he's basically just fired me. And I got to think of something to do. I got I to gotta, I gotta figure out how to handle this. How to respond to this. How to make the best of this. Now this may throw you for a minute. But you just hang on with us, okay? Because he said, what shall I do for my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship? I cannot dig 
to beg, I'm ashamed. Man, I felt this, but yes, I've got this place. I'm not about to, I'm not to go around begging. <laughs> but I, I'm not, I'm not going to get out and, by the sweat of the brow either. <laughs> I'm not going to get out there and dig ditches. I'm not going to get out in them bean fields, corn fields. I've been working on Brother Andrew here. He wants to be a farmer. I tell him all the time. <laughs> he wants to come in and turn that air conditioner on. I say, Brother Andrew, hey, man, you tell me you want to be a farmer. Man, I'm trying to help you out. Don't cut the air on, man. I'm help conditioning you. <laughs> he doesn't listen, though. <laughs> ah, praise God. Uh, but, but I'm telling you, man, you get out in them bean fields and corn fields. <laughs> Woo! Man, I used to hate picking butter beans. Them peas are bad enough, but them butter beans are something else. They are, they're a curse, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason I never care to eat them. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, uh, but, uh, but I said, hey, I, I, I don't want to do none of that. So I've got to figure something out. And so he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to resolve what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship they may receive me into their houses. Be accepted by them. So, you know what? I'm fixing to cut some deals with them. I'm fixing to respond to this situation and handle it in a way that I can find some favor. So he called every one of his lords, debtors unto him, and said unto the first, he said, How much owest thou unto my lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. Now, according to my, my Bible and over the margins over here, the premier Bible, it talks about, I think it's nine or ten gallons for each measure. So, you know, a hundred, that puts it to eight to nine hundred gallons of oil. That's quite a bit of oil, isn't it? Amen. To, to be indebted to somebody, to owe somebody. And so he tells him, he says, I'll tell you what, he said, he says unto him, he said, take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. He said, right now, don't postpone, don't drag around, don't wait. Right now, write it out for 50. He said, because right now I'm in the position, I'm in the place, I can, I can call the shots. I haven't been relieved of my duties as of yet. And so, you know, it's like some presidents before they go out, they start doing something. But anyway, <laughs> praise God, before I get out of office, I'm fixing to seal up some things. But, uh, uh, oh, praise God. There's a preach, I'm telling you. We'll get the revelation of this. If we'll get a true understanding and revelation of the grace of God. That's been offered and given to us. But it's up to you and I, amen, how we handle the grace of God. We can fall in the same snares and traps of the world and trample it under our feet. And I got some scriptures for that. We can allow it, amen, as another scripture talks about, our hearts are established in the grace of God. I'm telling you, we're living in a world today that the devil and the spirit of iniquity and the blindness of humanity is trying to tell the church that you can't live without sinning. I beg the difference by the grace of God. I found the power and authority and the source in me. I can overcome sin and not be a servant by the grace of God. I'm going to try my best to hold back from that. I've got a reason for that. But it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. God have mercy. It's the truth. But, but somehow, th this is what we've got to persuade them. We've got to persuade the people that don't believe it. That, that we've got to persuade them that's bound. It's bound by demonical forces. That's bound by addictions. It's bound by unbelief. It's bound by 
one thing or another. Even our own church. If we'd be honest sometimes. Amen. It's because we've allowed a bondmanship to get a hold of us. Because we really haven't walked in His grace. If we're not careful, we'll try to force things ourselves. And things of that nature. But we got to, as the body of Christ... One of the greatest things that you and I can display to our fellow man, to our own homes and our neighbors, our children, amen, to, to, to even our enemy, is how awesome the grace of God really is. And see, it works both ways. To some, that grace of God delivered me from this and that, and we can just go down the list. And for others, the grace of God kept me. Ever being caught up in that. It wasn't my own doings and my own powers. But it was the grace of God that would ride with me. And help me. <laughs> and so is this steward. So he begins to call in. Next and he says another. And he says, how much owest thou? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said unto him, take thy bill and write four score. Amen. Just write it out for four score. That's, that's a little more than 50% now, but, but still yet, it's, it's a deal. And so he was fined in favor, no doubt, even as an unjust steward. He was being wise at his moment and time in life and what was going on. So Jesus, as he's addressing the disciples here, as he done talked to the Pharisees and to the multitudes and talked about what was lost and, and what the measures that God would go to and forsaken the 99 to save the one and the lady that would go to the measures, amen, to find that one's coin. The coin, now watch this, the coin was lost in the house. It wasn't lost outside. Some folks lost in the house. In the house and lost. And undone. Especially, especially if you, you, you get to a place that you don't really understand how powerful this grace and the power of that grace can work for us. I just wonder tonight how many would have been kept from backsliding if they could have just got a true revelation of his grace. And not just a revelation, but an experience of that grace. The Lord commanded the unjust stewards because he had done wisely. He commended him. He, he bragged on him. He, he boasted. Now, this is the words of Jesus. Now, if you don't, you don't like that, I mean... Jesus won't tell him this story now. <laughs> Boy, that guy can make us back up and think about it a minute. Don't say, well, wait a minute now. Boy, jump to conclusions here. Amen. Now, he's not promoting unjust doings. Even for riches or for anything else. Unjust earnings and things of that nature. But let's listen to what he's saying about the wise steward. At this moment in time. He says, after he commended the steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world, 
are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Now, to the, the start with, remember, the, the God that we're talking about is the rich man. Okay, when he makes the comments about this steward. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the manman of unrighteousness, that when he fa fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is un unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Hmm. Where's the true riches? Hmm. We understand it's not really money. It's not the true riches. Now understand this. Having a lot of money because, believe it or not, Everybody in this room is probably considered rich to about two-thirds of the world, believe that or not. Okay? You consider it rich. You got food to eat, clothes to put on, more than two or three pairs of shoes and two or three sets of clothing. You got more than two-thirds of the world. Okay? So we, we fall in that, that group together. Okay? But the true riches... I still believe, and sometimes it astounds me, and I wonder sometimes once some of those leaders of other countries, that especially those that hate us, of course, again, I know why, they're blinded by the enemy, blinded by the devil. But it looks like some of them will look around, and some probably do. It's the reason they want to make their way to the United States. I know we all, you know, we, we want the wall built, we want this done and that done, but if you was in their shoes, you'd be doing the same thing they're doing. Man, if you're, you're, you was born over there and facing some, some of those same, same situations, you'd be doing everything you could to get out of it too. Right. If you had any sense about you. And we do. And, and so as you watch this, this, this little instructions and guidance that Jesus Christ himself gives unto us to be wise steward to what has been placed into our possessions. And one of the greatest things that you and I have experienced and that's within our possession is the grace of God. The grace of God. How powerful is it? How beautiful is it? How effective is it? And, and I'm going to take it back. <clears throat> I know some of this is just going to be old hat. And uh, I understand that. But uh, I'm going to take it back. And, and if the Lord allow me, I'll finish up hopefully on a high note here for one particular thing. An area, amen, that uh, I felt at the very beginning of this. And hopefully it'll be a blessing to you and encouraging to you. But we can take you all the way back the first time that we really read or see anything about grace. And we see it in Genesis, the sixth chapter. Amen. It became a time of past when uh, men began to multiply on the face of the earth. And daughters were born unto them. And that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them as wives of all that they have chose. And, and you know, there's a lot said about this. A different, uh, 
If you got a premier Bible, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but you need to drop down sometime when you got time, not now, but uh, later on and, and go back and read there because they, they instruct about the sons of God. And the, but I do know this much. They bring it out, and as you read through this, watch this. And then the Lord um, said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Brother Ford mentioned the 70. That dropped down. Amen. We know God can. Amen. Methuselah was 960. So, I mean, God can preserve us and keep us. Uh, but thank God for the 70. But here it was 120. There were what giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men. And they bare children to them. And the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And they, they make some statements about this. I, I'm not sure if I, I buy into all of that. But I do buy into this. Because I do feel this strongly in the Holy Ghost. Some actions and marriages and uh, some things that was going on there that was not of God. And out of that, amen, you begin to see the spirit of iniquity to enlarge itself and manifest itself and grow in such a power and such a, a demonstration that, that it's going to affect the whole world. In fact, if you read it and watch it goes on, and God saw that what the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. Every man, every woman, every child out Side of Noah and his wife and three sons and three wives. They never thought about God. They didn't know anything about They never crossed their minds to call on Him. It never crossed their heart. Amen. But continually wickedness out of this relationship, out of this, what began to transpire. And so there's only one thing, amen, that's going to help us to find deliverance in this. Watch this. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made him. I regret it. I repent. I sorry for over created him. He gave himself over to such violence. Such ungodliness. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. We know that Jesus told us that in the end time, there's going to be what is the times of Noah. I believe that God's ever given me anything. He gave me something whenever he uh, put it in my heart, amen, about. Because I'd always question, especially at work, before I ever started pastoring, amen, why, why God would destroy the world with a, with a flood. And thank God he did. Because if he hadn't, man would have self-destruct with violence. We're watching the full circle of that right now. Cause a man not accepting the grace of God, not handling a man with, with, with his faithful stewardship of the grace of God. Uh, because the grace of God always will come to our rescue. The grace of God will always come to help us. I, I'm not telling you, just, just hang with me, okay? Hallelujah. Because by this grace, even at times when we come up short, even at times we fail, it's the grace of God. Hallelujah. That I can get myself back. I can brush that stuff off. Hallelujah. Because it's grace. Hallelujah. Because that's what Jesus Christ came to do. He brought grace and truth. Hallelujah. Things that the law could not do. Because of the weakness of flesh. But God through Jesus Christ the Lamb. Amen. Brought grace upon this earth. And now through the grace of God. Even when I come up short. I don't have to be a servant to it. But I'm telling you. We've all found ourselves in need of grace. Said things not right. Done things that went right. 
found ourselves at the moment of the temptation or trial. And, and so watch this, Noah. Bible goes in this eighth verse, it picks up. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace. Oh, church, somehow, somehow, if we can display the grace of God to this community, somehow, instead of watching that guy walk back that's, that's high as a kite and lost and undone and got all kind of weird haircuts and, and tattoos and all this other junk and still looking at him as a hopeless case looked at him saying you know what I believe the grace of God can save him I believe the grace of God can pull him out of there I believe the grace of God God you get me let the manifestation the power of the grace of God flow through this earthen vessel somehow by the power of the Holy Ghost it can impact him it could stir him. It caused him to say, you know what? There is hope. Hallelujah. If he done it for this one, he can do it for me. You know, the Bible has taught us. It's over in the New Testament. Peter's writings calls Noah what? See, the grace of God doesn't give us a license not to preach righteousness. The grace of God gives us the strength, the power to preach the righteousness of God. The calling out, the separation by His grace. And so Noah, a man, was known as a preacher of righteousness. We see that as the grace of God worked upon Noah... As you read through this particular chapter and the next chapter, you're going to see how that God, God was the one that instructed him how to build the ark. God was the one to instruct him the size of the ark, the, the stories of the floors in the ark. He told him, amen, what door to build. He even told him, put a door on the side. But he did not give the preacher, amen, the right to cut off the grace of God. Amen. That left in the hands of God. And only in God himself. Even you and I as men of God. And as we walk in the Holy Ghost. And sometimes not in the Holy Ghost. And we make judgments and accusations. And statements about individuals. Hallelujah. You know what? If we're not careful we'll trample the grace of God on our own feet. And bring judgment on an individual. Individual. Amen. When the grace of God. If it could be demonstrated to them. And they could taste it. And they could feel the power of it. It can pull them out of that dungeon. It can pull Pull them out of that barricade. It can lift them up above those spirits and attitudes and conducts. The power of you and I, if we've experienced it. If you and I are not excited about the grace of God, maybe we haven't experienced it in the power that He wants us to. Maybe, maybe we've, we've we really missed it. His grace. How many of all of us would be a true testimony tonight if it wasn't for the grace of God? There's a good chance I'd already be in the grave. Good chance I was headed already headed down the wrong road. I was headed down an avenue, amen, that was going to cut my life short because the pleasures of sins are very pronged and subject. I know there's a few, amen, that makes it by, but not very many, amen, when they give themselves over to the pleasures of sin and the ways of the world. Hallelujah. They really get to live a full life and a joyful life. There's a lot of heartaches and troubles and disappointments that comes along with that lifestyle. All kind of violence and all kind of heartaches and disappointments. But thank God for His grace. Hallelujah. 
that has kept me. Thank God for his grace. Hallelujah. Paul talks about it. He said, I was the chief of the sinners, but I am what I am by what? By the grace of God. His grace, amen, came to my rescue. It's his grace that's working within me. It's not by works, but it's the grace of God that's working in my life. Oh, I'm telling you, we don't need pride and Pentecostal pride driving us. We need the grace of God driving us. We need the grace of God flowing out of us. We don't need Pentecostal pride and arrogance. Boy, I've got it. No, we ain't got nothing. We received it by the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's come to our rescue. It's ministered to us and moved upon us. What's this? I want to give you just a, a few scriptures here tonight. Well, let, let, me, let me go to another place right quick. When you go to Genesis 19 chapter. Another situation in the word of God that's uh, very disturbing. and Shocking in one sense. When you begin to talk about Lot, nephew of Abraham. We know that, that the Lord had... Made a visit by the father of faith called Abraham, Abram. And there, as he instructed him what was fixing the judgment that was fixing to come and what he was fixing to do, it was he, a man, that began to intercede and cry out for his mercy, for his grace to be poured out. Amen. That if, if, you know how he still from the 50 made his way down to 10 righteous. If there could only be 10 righteous found. <laughs> but to our, our whatever here tonight, amen, 10 righteous couldn't even be found in this city called Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. And so we watch Lot as he had chose the water plains and made his way into these particular cities that was wicked and vile and how they had vexed his soul and his spirit and, and heart. Amen. And affected his family. Hallelujah. And really the only thing he had going for him was an uncle that knew this one true God. That knew how to pray and knew how to cry out. That even when it gets down, amen, and after the visitation of the angels and after the episode of them reaching by the grace of God and, and pulling him back into the house so he won't be torn apart and causing blindness amen to come upon the old and the young amen the desired of these angels amen to commit such ungodly acts hallelujah but right on through that same chapter you read and you get down to the 18th verse and Lot said unto them he's talking to the angels as they have took him by the hands now by grace amen they took him by the hands and they led him out of the city he would have just been destroyed and annihilated because of the city and of his family or whatever other reasons had got a hold of his heart. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I'm no match for the spirit of iniquity. And I'm no match, amen, for the temptations of the devil. And I can't outsmart him, I outmaneuver him. But if I can keep the grace of God activated in my life, if I can keep the grace of God activated in my mind and in my spirit, if I fall on the sure mercies and the grace of God, is that not what David the king demonstrated? The sure mercies of David? Hallelujah. When I ought to die, I did because I found mercy and grace. Oh God, I'm telling you, our nation needs the mercy and grace of God. Holy place of God, a fighter's in the house of God. Above God, fearing God, loving God, experiencing grace of God of people. Oh, if I could get this across to somebody tonight. You need the grace. I need the grace. If we don't have the grace of God, we're all going to be lost and undone. 
I'm telling you, we're living one of the most wicked times. It don't take nothing to set people off. You can drive down the road and just, just you know, do a little bobbling, and all of a sudden, man, road rage. Want to run over you? Drive up beside you and put the gun out at you. I'm sorry, did I touch a, did I touch a sore place? That's the world we're living in. You notice how many killings we've had in George County in just the last few weeks? Some of them probably act of justice, but I won't go into that, but <laughs> hallelujah. But you know what got them there? You know what caused them? They've forsaken the grace of God. Always available. The grace of God is, is appeared to all men. That we might live a godly life in this ungodly world. That's the power of His grace. Amen. When the tempter comes and that old tempter and that old spirit and that old whatever. Amen. We fall on the grace of God. Oh God, I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need you to come and rescue me. You watch this. It's the true grace of God. It's the only thing that can keep the root of bitterness out of your soul and out of your heart and out of your spirit and out of your mind. I'll tell you why there's so much bitterness in the world we're living in. It's because we have, we have defiled and trampled the grace of God under our feet. And so we don't have no other choice. And that's the root of bitterness. And it'll affect the church. It'll affect us. It'll get a hold of us. That's what I'm telling you tonight, church. The greatest thing that we can offer this community. That's the body of Christ. One of the greatest elements. One of the greatest things. Is the demonstration of God's grace. Showing mercy and compassion. And concern and care. I'm still praying that God convict those who... Bring them back here and say, hey, we got something y'all need. And we will forgive you. It's already a done deal. You need to be saved. You need to be turned around. You're heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> You'd be shocked at how many people come to that hardware store and said, if you'll just give me the list, I'll take care of them. And I have it. I got the list. And I've got it. And I'm not giving it to nobody. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. I don't think I could trust some of you with it. You may not pull out the nine millimeter. Sometimes this here could do more harm. I'm interested in revival, man. I'm not talking about a man-made. I'm talking about a revival that pull them out of the dungeons. I'm talking about a revival, amen. They're walking here all, all died and eat up by the devil and eat up by the world. But amen, stagger their way into the house of God. A place where they can find grace. A place they can find hope. A place they can find a real God that can transform their lives or turn them around. Hallelujah. What touch of the master's hand. That's what's going to flow out of us. Better have that same grace for one another. Bible says without blemish, without spot. I got some scriptures to go with it. You know what keeps some blemishes and spots out? It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. I won't have none with my brother. 
It's the grace of God that won't let me get crossed up. It won't let, won't let things get in my heart, my spirit, give leverage to the devil. Amen. He, like he needs it. I know what time's running out, but Lot, watch Lot said unto them. Oh, not so. They, they wanted him to flee, to get out of the plains, get as far away from that place. But he wasn't willing. He didn't want to. We see a hold it had on him. Listen to what he says. Behold now, thy servant have found grace in thy sight. This is Lot telling them, Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. Thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. I cannot escape to the mountains, lest an evil take me and I die. But understand, it was his the grace. It's your grace, hallelujah. I'd have been burned up. I'd have been caught up in the judgment. I'd have never got out of there if it hadn't been for the grace and the mercy of God had worked on my behalf and helped me in this circumstance and helped me in this situation. Watch this. John in 1 and 14 of the word which made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the glory is the only begotten of Father. Full. Full. I will tell you something. When Jesus Christ brought grace, he was full of grace. It's more than enough. It's sufficient amen to do what I need to be done in my life and what I need to be done in my soul and what I need to be done in my spirit. So I'm going to jump the gun and I'm going to go to the place tonight amen where, where I knew that, that God dealt with me. About his grace and the real power of his grace. How many loves to feel tired? How many loves to, to be, you know, weak? How many loves to struggle in your, your mental ability? You don't, you know, you. you Anybody ever struggle mentally? Anybody ever struggle physically? <laughs> How do you respond to it? You like it? You accept it? You, you okay with it? Watch Paul. In one of them areas where Paul really opens up. It had been 14 years, but I'm going to tell you what, it never lost its effect on him. It was though that it had just happened the day before. Impacting his life and impacting his spirit. But whenever you go to the writings in 2 Corinthians, you're going to notice there, and it starts about the seventh verse, and it says, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Amen. I had revelations. He said, I don't even know if I was in the body or out of the body. I saw things and experienced things that a man couldn't even utter. Man, I'm telling you, I had some experiences in God. I will tell you something. Sometimes getting the right experiences in God. Hey Amen. That's going to be a messenger sent for you at the same time. And doing the work on the same on the high to keep you in a place that God can use you. And we don't like that. God, if you'll just heal me of this. And if you'll just do that. And you'll just... Sometimes that's the very thing, that's the only thing that's keeping us in the church. Keeping us what God can bless us and save our souls. Ha, hey, some of you don't like the spirit, but I'm, I'm preaching, man. I'm walking to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We, we, we let the American dream and we've let all this stuff want to get us. But I'm going to tell you things. The only thing that's going to matter to anything is what we do for Jesus Christ. Nothing else. It's what we do for the Lord. So the only way to watch the true grace of God here. 
Watch the power of his grace. He goes on, he says, A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, not just once, not just twice, but three times I sought God. God, I won't deliver to this. I don't like to feel this way. I don't like to be buffeted this way. I don't like to be held back like this. That's the reason some people have a problem with five-fold ministry. That's the reason some people have trouble with spiritual leadership and authority in their lives. See, God knows better than all of us. He's the one that sets the doors. And every door that's set before us, even by him, doesn't mean he wants us to step through it. There were some doors he set for Israel just to try them, just to see. But he really didn't want them to. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient. What is he telling Paul? Thank God for His grace. Sister, I know I didn't ask you ahead of time, but I want you to tell what happened to you. How many of you know that we prayed for her the other night and she had got a report having blockage in her heart. She, they weren't going to let her do the knee surgery. She had planned to do a knee surgery. She needed to go and do it through the, the summer months so she can get over it. And a couple other things are happening. I'm not going to tell all that, but I want her to testify to you tonight. Yeah, Tuesday morning, I just had it in my mind. I prayed over it all the weekend. I said, Tuesday morning, I'm calling my doctor, my heart doctor, myself. And I'm going to see if he can read those paperwork on that uh, stress test. And uh, I called, and they said, I will tell him. So about 4.30 Tuesday afternoon, his nurse called me said, your heart ain't that bad. We done sent the papers over to the knee people for you to get your knee surgery Monday morning. <laughs> So we know the grace of God will work on our behalf when we handle things and respond to things in a proper and a godly way. When we come before him, as I was telling her, amen, Sunday, God's got this. God will work it out. Amen. If it says your will, amen, to get that knee worked on this proper time, God's going to work it all out. But if don't, hey, we ain't God knows all about that. Hey, say God knows everything that's going on. But you know what? We're going to depend on his grace and his mercy. We're not going to get out of sorts. We're not going to get mad. We're not going to backslide. We're not going to cuss. We're not going to do all those things. No. We're going to say, okay, God. Okay, you told me not. So you your grace is sufficient to do what? To keep me, amen, in the weakness and the battle and the struggle that I'm in. I can't walk like I want to walk. I can't talk like I want to talk. I can't sing like I want to sing. I can't do love. But you know what? Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. Amen. To see me through this and help me, amen, that I won't let that, that Satan sent to him. And there's, there's, there's opinions of what it might be from, from eyes, condition, all kind of conditions. conditions that, uh, they, someone thinks that he might have had a man that, that buffeted him and, and kept him from being. What I'm trying to tell us tonight, the power of his grace. Don't get so disappointed and downhearted because some things may not be unfolding. Or, or maybe you're not measuring up to what 
you would like to measure up or like to be, but just lean on His grace. Just depend on His grace. By your grace, I'm going to become the finished product. By your grace, I'm going to become a finished product. Basically, what I'm telling us tonight is we stand. Each one of us is a product of His grace. And if we'll go out there and persuade them, amen, in every conversation, every opportunity we get, I am what I am by His grace. Somehow, if we can persuade them and tell them, say, you know what? You can too. If God done it for me, He can do it for you. Because His grace is sufficient. His grace will bring us out. His grace will give us the strength and energy and ability, amen, when it's not within ourselves. I am what I am by His grace. I didn't, I came this on my own. That's what Paul talks about when he says, hey, don't get in that pulpit and act like you the one that's got it. And arrogant high-minded and all this other stuff. Hallelujah. You better stay humble and meek. And I can use you because if you get out of character, if you get the wrong, it's pride, pride, pride. Hallelujah. We learned about it Sunday morning, didn't we? It's a pride of the heart. It's a pride of the heart. And pride can affect us in more ways than you think. Pride can keep us worshiping God sometimes, you know, because the right one ain't singing or this is not happening. But you know what? God deserves our praise and our worship at all times. Because of His grace, because of His mercy, and His compassion. God loves us tonight. He wants to bless us and strengthen us and do great things for us. I love you tonight. I love this church. I love this truth. Amen. I want to see the power of the grace of God operating in, in Bendale, Mississippi, in a manner and a way, hallelujah, that some of the people that our society has marked off, the grace of God would rescue them. Hallelujah. Some of our friends or neighbors or maybe even enemy, hallelujah, praise God. But you know what? The grace of God would rescue them and deliver them and set them free. Got a couple of announcements I'm going to make to you before I uh, let you go tonight. Uh, count meeting. This is going to be, and you can come and get a picture of this or whatever you'd like to do. But anyway, count meeting, this is out uh, at uh, Brother, uh, uh, it's going to be in Laurel up there at the, it's the WPF South Central Region. Thursday night, June the 10th at 730, 7 o'clock, Fresh Fire, 730, uh, uh, rather Nathaniel Wilson's going to be there. And then Friday morning at 11 o'clock, June the 11th, he'll be there. And then Friday night at 7.30, Brother Ron Tillard's going to be there. And this is at the Rock Church in Laurel. For anyone that wants to go, that is in driving. Uh, that's what, a week from this Thursday night? Is I'm right? Tomorrow night, a week from tomorrow night. Amen. For anybody that would like to go there, uh, be a part of that. Also, we got another brochure up here from Brother Jerry Cox. Amen. His line up. Uh, I know that Monday and Tuesday night, Brother Cody Marks will be preaching Monday night. And Brother Jeff Arnold will be preaching the Tuesday night. And then he's got all the rest of them. I don't know if you'll be able to make some of those or not. But you're welcome to come up here. Take a picture of it. Whatever you'd like. Amen. To go be a part of that. I know you'd be blessed. And uh, to make plans and try to go and to be a part of those services. Be involved in some of that. Be a blessing to you. Uh, youth, you need to be letting me know if you want to go to youth camp. Amen. You need to make sure you got to go online to register. You need to go ahead and do that. you got just a few more days to do that. So let's, let's get it done and uh, we'll work everything else out. Okay? Any other announcements? All right. God bless you. Appreciate you.